Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is Greg Reed, Senate President Pro Tem. Also, Alabama school children aren't getting their lunches. And will anyone dare primary Governor Kay Ivey? Sure is quiet out there. Yeah, too quiet. Picked the wrong week, quit sniffing blue. Somebody's smoking something. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Boone, columnist and investigative reporter at APR. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Josh, you were out Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> yeah, it literally. <laughs> yeah. I know you officiated a wedding out there in Colorado. Mm -hmm. We're glad to have you back at home. Right. Man of the cloth these days, man of the cloth. So, you know. There you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, wanna, let's get to it. Uh, we, we reported on this last week or so. Uh, Governor Kay Ivey's chief of staff, Joe Bonner, former congressman, has become the finalist uh, for president of the University of South Alabama. Uh, he's one of three finalists. Uh, Michael Tidwell, who was the immediate past president of the University of Texas at Tyler, and uh, Damon Andrew, dean and professor of college at Florida State, former. Uh, Josh, uh, from looking at the interviews that we've seen so far, uh, I would say Bonner has a good shot, even though he doesn't uh, have a doctorate but he certainly has all the political skills that one would ever think to need to uh, run a university. And, and that's a very political environment. Oh, certainly, yeah, it is. And as, as you know, I think those connections are often undervalued a lot uh, by uh, by folks at, at universities. Listen, I, you know, I, I think that the faculty and, and people there will will have you know some say, and, and rightfully so. And and they'll have their choices for who they believe is is right. And I think everybody will have some input. But you know, I would caution people not to not to necessarily undervalue uh, you know what what Bonner could bring in connections to the state, because so much now. Uh, in college life is dependent upon funding, uh, on yep. what you can get through the legislature, what you can get help with through, through friends in politics. And, you know, I, I look at, at a place like Alabama State University, for example, and, and Quentin Ross, who's their president yes. there. Uh, and, and, you know, he took some knocks for, for having, you know, being a political appointee or whatever. And, you know, I said at the time, I thought Quentin would be a fantastic president for them and, and what they were doing and what they faced. Now, I don't, I'm unfamiliar uh, with the ins and outs and the daily routine of what's going on at the University of South Alabama. But I know for ASU, Quentin was exactly what they needed at that time yeah. and has proven out to be just a fantastic president for them and has really helped push that university forward. And, and maybe Joe Bonner could do the same thing for them. So I, I'm not telling you to, to you know approve Joe Bonner. I'm just saying don't undervalue those connections because they are very, very important, especially in this state. Well, Susan, if you think about all the visionary projects that have come out of the governor's office, mm -hmm. I mean, Governor Ivey 
spearheaded those those projects. But it was Joe Bonner and his staff on the ground that were were making her visions reality. If he can do that in the governor's office in this environment, he can do a lot in the university. And let's not forget, he not only has connections here in the state of Alabama, but he also has connections in Washington from the time he spent there. Right. So he has a lot of things to bring to this new new job and 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 to this university. Well, yeah, I, I think he'll have to answer some some serious questions about you know the yeah. voting mm-hmm. record and things like that, yeah. and, and rightfully so. And and there'll be fair yeah. questions and and things that people need to ask him. But if he if he has good answers for those things, I think people you know should, will give him a fair shot. And I think the other candidates are very good candidates. I, I think, uh, you know, they've got some good choices. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, hopefully they'll make the right ones. If he does leave, uh, we will miss him at the governor's office. Oh, I can certainly. tell you that. And the great, governor's office will miss him. Great communicator. Great communicator. Uh, here's the crazy thing. And we've been talking about this for months. And as we get closer, uh, Josh, it seems like there's some folks out there that think they should primary Governor Kay Ivey. Now, again, you're a Democrat, and she's a Republican, mm-hmm. and she she's a hardline Republican. But it's quixotic. It's it's a fool's errand to think you're going to beat incumbent Kay Ivey in my book. But no, it's no, politics. I don't think so. No, no, no? Yeah, everybody ought to run at her. Run at her. Run at everybody. Run at everybody. <laughs> spend all the money. Spend it all. Spend all the money. Force her to run ads. Uh, you know, force her. You know, on the defensive, push her to the far right as far as you can. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think that's exactly the way they ought to go. Exactly, hundred percent. I, I endorse Sus- everybody running against her. Yes, Susan, she will beat them like a red mule. Bill, this, is, this is a fool's errand, people. You're just gonna spend your money, you're gonna spend your time, and it's a waste. Uh, it's no. all a waste. Don't listen to it. these people. Y'all run. Uh, Don't listen to these people. Shut up, Josh. Uh, Kay Ivey has gotten more done in her tenure than the last two governors ever got accomplished. It's crazy. But uh, anyway. Listen, uh, hey, the last guy got a lot of stuff done. We didn't necessarily like it, but he, <laughs> he did a lot of things. They weren't necessarily gubernatorial, yeah, okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least there's that. Just ask Wanda's desk, you know? <laughs> I don't want to know about Wanda's desk. I tell you the thing, Josh, you reported on this story and AL.com has reported on it as well. Alabama public schools mm-hmm. don't have food. I, I got a, I read a tweet the other day and I wish I'd have kept it where mother said that her daughter came home and told her that she had two chicken nuggets on a bun and mm-hmm. no side and that was for lunch. And I saw another one where they had a slab of turkey and a, and a bowl of carrots. That was yeah. lunch for the kids. It, and this is serious, people. This mm-hmm. is very serious. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, I, yeah, just to, to, I mean, straight up, uh, AL.com did all the, the heavy lifting reporting-wise on yeah. this and, mm-hmm. uh, and the education lab that, that worked on this thing, and so, uh, which is a really great resource for the state. And, uh, but, you know, it's a, uh, it is, it's a, it's, it's a catastrophe in the making here, and we're watching it unfold slowly in front of us, and we've known about it for months now. Uh, that this this was a possibility, and we've been dealing with the effects of it for at least a couple of months. Um, and we've had schools that, that have stopped lunches for a period of time because they could not get it. It's a supply chain issue, okay? It's right. uh, right. what the, That supply chain that is normally fed these school systems has been disrupted over the course of the pandemic, and things are happening. Now, that's understandable, okay? And nobody is faulting anybody for that. 
what I have some fault with people on is that this has been going on. We've known about it for, for months. It's been happening for a couple of months, and we still have nobody talking about it or doing anything at the state level. I mean, they called the governor's right. office about this, and they essentially said, who is this? Uh, you know, and, right. and, and punted it off to somebody else, a poor, gag at, uh, poor guy at ag and industry who basically they woke up. Uh, and, you know, it just it's a it's a huge, huge issue for 700,000 of our kids that rely on these meals every day uh, to be fed. All right. Well, we're, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it right there. We might bring this Let's back. Let's pick it up on the other side. This is this important. On the other side. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with Greg Reed, Senate President Pro Tem. Whether I am in Margaritaville enjoying a cheeseburger in paradise or cruising around on the Gulf of Mexico, I always make sure to vote. I am Jimmy Buffett, and I want to encourage you, too, to become a registered voter and to obtain a photo ID so you can have your voice heard and your vote count just like me. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, but fortunately, you have from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to get to the polls and exercise your right to vote. Keep making a difference for Alabama. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our very special guest today is Greg Reed, Senate President Pro Tem. Senator Reed, welcome. Bill, thanks so much. It's a privilege for me to be with you and Susan always. Uh, we were talking about the far reach of your program all over Alabama, so I appreciate the opportunity for you to invite me to be a part of your program today. Thanks so much. Well, your leadership is very important in Montgomery and around the state, and the, the leadership that you provide impacts every Alabamian, whether they know it or not, and, and we appreciate uh, you joining us today. Uh, something that maybe some of our viewers have remembered we've talked about in the past, but it's, it's really turned out to be an exciting and potentially game-changing uh, situation for Alabama and this is the Innovation Commission which you have served or you serve currently as the vice vice chair uh, and it's also in coalition with the Hoover Institute and Condoleezza Rice. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening with the Innovation Commission and what you hope to see it accomplish? Well, I'm very excited about the Innovation Commission. It certainly has a group of extraordinary Alabamians uh, that are a part of the commission. I think the governor of Alabama did a really good job in pulling together this group of men and women who are some very successful entrepreneurs, owning startup businesses, financing for startups, those kinds of things. Uh, so I'm excited about the work that's being done. You know, the basis for the Innovation Commission was how can we find a way to encourage and grow opportunity for entrepreneurship, high-tech industries, startup businesses in Alabama? 
how can we retain talent? How can we recruit talent to our state, uh, especially in the areas of, of high-tech industry? Uh, Alabama's done a phenomenal job through the Department of Commerce in recruiting a lot of manufacturers and industrial clients to our state. And uh, that's provided a lot of really strong jobs across Alabama. But we see that there is an emerging opportunity for our state to be very involved in um, entrepreneurship and startups. And so how can this commission be able to study the issue and be able to find ways that we can maybe change the law, uh, change regulations, offer encouragement, recruitment opportunities, branding, marketing of the state of Alabama. How do we do all that? And what, what are the reasons that that is so important moving forward in our state? So that's what the commission has been engaged in. We've been meeting for 18 months. Uh, as a matter of fact, this week, we're gonna be finalizing uh, our last meeting. We have a report coming at the end of October. Um, and so, I have been very impressed with the feedback we've gotten from the group. One of the things that's very unique, we have a, an advisory council uh, that includes uh, some very prominent Alabamians uh, like Secretary Greg Canfield, the Secretary of Commerce, uh, Zeke Smith of Alabama Power, who chairs that group. Uh, Dr. Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State, is on that advisory council. These are folks that all have strong ties to the state of Alabama. The unique element with Dr. Rice is she's the chair of the Hoover Institution at Stanford University in California. They've allocated some fellows to do research and study on behalf of the commission within our state. And free of charge has given that opportunity to Alabama to understand wow. a lot of the answers to questions we've asked on recruitment of talent, being able to find ways to promote all of the great things going on in Alabama. Uh, and so we've had a lot of real benefits uh, already from what's happened with the Innovation Commission. A couple of things in regards to uh, moving forward, we've established the Innovation Corporation, which once the commission finishes its work, this corporation as a public-private partnership is gonna be carrying forward some of the work of this recruitment and finding ways to grow this particular economic segment in our state. Uh, we also looked at being able to offer some support financially from state budgets uh, to offer uh, grants that are at the federal level for new startup businesses. And um, if those startup businesses meet all the criteria that are required by the federal government, then Alabama's gonna come alongside those new business owners and startup entrepreneurs to help them pay a portion of what would be their match for some of those grants. So we're just getting started in some of the ways to grow this opportunity. But the goal here is, um, I didn't mention earlier, but Bill Smith is one of the men that is on our advisory council. Uh, and Bill was the founder of Shipped, uh, which right. was a startup business, but wound up now is an international business that employs thousands of Alabamians. Um, and that's the, that's the goal, is to find ways to grow this economic environment, to put Alabama in a good place for these high-tech opportunities to be ours. Well, it certainly seems like a worthy goal and, and we, we wanna see that success. The commission will issue its report October 31st, is that correct? 
That's correct. That's going to go to the governor, to the legislature, and then there'll be other information coming uh, as the Innovation Corporation, which has some gubernatorial appointments to be made, as that entity begins its work, it will be an opportunity to carry forward some of the work uh, of the commission and basically to carry out a lot of the elements that are defined in that report that's going to come on the 31st. Well, we look forward to seeing it when it becomes public. We've got about a minute and I want to hit on one other topic and that is we're about to go into another special session, <coughs> excuse me, to address redistricting. Where are we at and do you have any idea when we're going to start? Well, I think that um, the redistricting special session is going to be announced um, or has been announced. Um, we're moving forward with that. Um, the work has been done by the redistricting committee, which is both senators and House members, Republicans and Democrats, working on what is a constitutional responsibility to redraw the lines for representation after the census every 10 years for the legislature, for the members of Congress, and the members of the Alabama School Board, the State uh, Board of Education. So that will be our task in working that through the legislative process. Been a lot of work going on. The two chairmen, uh, Jim McClendon in the Senate, Chris Pringle in the House, uh, have been working diligently with their committee to be able to move this forward. This is a topic that there's always a good bit of push and pull when you get to trying to decide where the lines are gonna be and who's gonna represent what areas of the state, where the district lines are gonna be. So there will be quite a bit of work uh, done on the front end. And then once we get into the special session, there'll be a good bit of discussion amongst members, I'm confident in regards to where things are gonna wind up. It'll be a very important thing for us to work on. Well, we look forward to covering the session and we thank you for joining us today and for your leadership for the state of Alabama. Thank you so much, Bill, Susan. Glad to be with you both. Thank Glad you. to see you. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest has been Greg Reed, Senate President Pro Tem. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Whether I am in Margaritaville enjoying a cheeseburger in paradise or cruising around on the Gulf of Mexico, I always make sure to vote. I am Jimmy Buffett, and I want to encourage you, too, to become a registered voter and to obtain a photo ID so you can have your voice heard and your vote count just like me. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, but fortunately, you have from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to get to the polls and exercise your right to vote. Keep making a difference for Alabama. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, you wanted to say a little bit more about the school lunches and kids not getting fed the, in school. The important issue here is this is happening, you know, in several states, but Alabama is not addressing it. Alabama is ignoring it. We don't mm -hmm. have leadership out there having some plans or helping these school administrators try to find new sources, new vendors. They're just ignoring it altogether. Well, it is a problem that will only get worse if it's not addressed. I mean, there, there are mechanisms to shore up the supply chain 
but this is a right now. Let, and let's not forget, we got children out there on, you know, reduced lunches of uh, uh, prices, on, on free lunches and free breakfast that don't have food at mm -hmm. home to bring to school. Right. So right. we're talking yeah. about also, you know, the the testing scores dropping because children are starving to death at school. Mm -hmm. They can't concentrate. They can't get their work done. So let's yeah. get this all the way through. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, you know, I, I wanted to say one more thing here, it, and because I've heard this a lot after I wrote the column that I wrote about this, it is well, why is it the school's responsibility to feed the kids? You know, why 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 are we relying on schools to feed the kids and not the parents? And listen, in a perfect world, everybody's parent would feed them and treat them like you want to be treated, and how you, apparently these people were treated as, as kids. All right, and and that's that's true. But we as a society have decided that we we feed our hungry kids. Okay, as mm -hmm. a civilized society, we feed our hungry kids, and the best method for that is through school lunches and the school breakfast yeah. programs out yeah. there and so that's the reason why it's so important uh and we've got to continue to do it absolutely agree uh you cannot learn on an empty stomach no. so everybody needs to get active and call your representatives call the governor's office call whoever you need to call to get them to pay attention now we're going to get yes. a call from those people well, all right well that's good sorry that's no, fine. fine we'll tell all them right. what they need to know exactly yeah because yeah, i think a lot of them don't know but uh, no. I want to I want to slip over into uh, sort of an interesting subject. You know, Mo Brooks has just keeps imploding. I mean, the thing <laughs> with Alpha and BCA and the United States Chamber of Commerce saying that they're for open borders and illegal aliens and blah 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 blah. Socialist, well, lim socialist they're in league with the Socialist Democrats. Well, Representative uh, Jerry Carl from down in Mobile, uh, First District, Mobile, Baldwin County who is a hardcore conservative, I would say. He called out Mo Brooks, Susan, and, and said he didn't know what Brooks was thinking. I thought, I don't know what he's smoking. He's <laughs> supposedly a, a, an ex-Mormon that they don't smoke or drink. But right. he, he's snipping glue or something because he's just saying crazy stuff. Yeah, well, he, I mean, it, Carl calls him out for what it is. I mean, he's, he's, he's going back against Alpha because he didn't get their endorsement. Meanwhile, he's throwing everybody else under the bus that got the endorsement of Alpha or who's ever gotten Alpha endorsement just for his own gain. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Carl said he's tired of getting pushed around by a guy who's uh, been in elective office for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, listen, it, this is Mo Brooks' M.O. And, uh, you know, and uh -huh. honestly, I'm not at all, all unhappy to see this burning uh, Republicans because they've coddled the guy. Uh, for years, and they've coddled this sort of attitude for years, which is a me-first attitude. Uh, no matter what I need to say or what I need to do, it's okay as long as I win in the end. Uh, and that's who Mo Brooks has been. He has looked out for Mo Brooks from start to finish, and that is what he's going to continue to do. He has done absolutely nothing in his tenure that you can point to to help Alabamians. Nothing. If anything, he's, done, he's worked against Alabama most of the time. He is absolutely Gollum from Lord of the Rings. No doubt about that. Uh, I mean, look, Will Ainsworth, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth, came out and basically said, look, man, if you're against the hardworking people of Alabama who farm every day, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And I think Jerry Carl uh, made it sensible that, that it, it's just he's isolating everybody. He's isolating yeah. The farmers, he's isolating the business community, he's isolating. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, doing it to himself. Yeah, well, he's doing it. it's this idea that everybody who disagrees with you has to be an evil uh, yeah. person, you know, a, yeah. a villain in this thing. And that's what he's yeah. done now to farmers of all people. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's just insane. It's sad. I tell you who really needs to pay attention to this is former President 
Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, Donald Trump is very popular in Alabama. He's picked a candidate who is looking more and more like he's a Roy Moore candidate. He just can't, cannot get above 30% or 38%. And, and, and therefore, Josh, President Trump, when he was president, uh, he, he backed Luther Strange, who was the incumbent. He had been appointed by uh, that guy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, and then then when he, Strange lost, he went after he went for Roy Moore. Mm -hmm. Moore lost to Doug Jones, a Democrat. I mean, mm -hmm. Trump says he hates losers, but if he keeps going this way in Alabama, he's going to be a three-time loser because he's backing the wrong wrong horse. He needs to just change his endorsement and say, "I was Mo Brooks is crazy." I had bad advice. Yeah, yeah, I got bad advice. Well, but easy. I, you know, I, I, that's that's fine. That's fine. But I mean, honestly, if you're one of the other candidates in there, if you're Katie Britt or Jessica Taylor or whoever, do you want the Donald Trump endorsement at this point? I mean, it's basically the kiss of death. I mean, it's a, you know, the guy lost the House, the Senate, and the White House in in four years. I mean, why do you want it? Well, that is, that's the point I hadn't talked about. Point. That's a very good point. Oh gosh, but it's it's just crazy to me that that uh, we have a candidate who's mm -hmm. been endorsed by the president. His poll numbers are so gooey, you know, you could throw them and stick them to the wall, and I don't know, most of them would run down the wall, mm -hmm. but yet, I was on Jeff Poor's radio show the other day, and Jeff Poor does a great job on his show, uh, and, and, and Jeff was saying, well, the base likes what Mo has to say, and I was like, well, you know, uh, you, you may like what he has to say, but think of what he's done, which is nothing. And, and mm -hmm. you know, he didn't support the military in this last didn't round of funding. Didn't support Redstone Arsenal. That's like telling your wife you love her and then beating her every night or trying yeah. to starve your kids to death, but you love them, right? I yeah. mean, come on, Josh. You know. Yeah, I just, it's a, I, you know, I, I personally like what, what Mo Brooks is doing because I think he is, is, you know, harming the Republican Party for years to come. Uh, but um, I, I just, you know, if you look at this objectively, I think Jerry Carl, for example, is looking at it and seeing, you know, this thing, this guy's hurting us and it's going to hurt us for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it, Susan. And and not to mention that Katie Britt is raising a ton of money. She is raising a ton of money. And, you know, I, who's going to fund Mo Brooks with all he's saying? It's, it, I just yeah. don't think it's going to happen. He, he really doesn't have a constituency. Yeah. But uh, I said the other day that uh, he should quit the race. And if not, former President Donald Trump should tell him to do so. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.